Today with Help Along Your Way podcast, we have Bob Nalbandian. So welcome, Bob. How you doing, Edward? Doing good, doing good. Uh, so the introduction. Uh, I've seen your name countless places on the Internet related to rock and metal um, several years ago and decided to check out your podcast. And that's how I became interested uh, in what you're doing and your content and everything. Uh, so in an effort to get to know you a bit better and speed up quickly to where we are in the world today, um, I'd like to ask you a few questions. So we'll get started with uh, the first section, which I call your beginnings. Uh, right. So how, how old were you when music became important to you? Wow. Um, well, uh, I was real young when I was turned out to hard rock and metal. I had an older cousin, so I guess I was about eight eight or nine years old when um, he used to make me these compilation cassettes and even eight tracks because I had an eight track player <laughs> and uh, he would make, I mean, this was at the time that we're talking, you know, er, their early to mid seventies, um, you know, Zeppelin, Sabbath, Deep Purple, Johnny Winter, Humble Pie. You know, I remember from the performance album, 10 years after, uh, David Bowie, you know, Alice Cooper. So I was turned on to a lot of that stuff early on and I always had a uh, a love for hard rock and, and metal music. Uh, my favorite band growing up was uh, Bachman Turner Overdrive. Loved that band. And um, But then I started really getting into the British metal, particularly Zeppelin and Sabbath and uh, Deep Purple and then later, of course, uh, Rainbow, who became my favorite band. I remember when the uh, Rising album just came out and just blew me away. Um, so uh, that's kind of what, what started. So it was at a pretty young age. I got into metal and then I just progressed from there and just had to get my hands on the latest and coolest metal bands out there. Okay. Very good. So tell us about your family life growing up. Uh, well, I grew up in uh, Huntington Beach, so, uh, a pretty conservative middle-class family. And, um, I would say, uh, uh, fairly strict parents. Uh, I didn't really go out much. My first, uh, uh, I mean, I went out to a lot of shows, but uh, I would sometimes sneak out to the clubs. You know, once I turned uh, 16, I would be able to, uh, you know, drive out to, there's a club called the Woodstock and Radio City that were right next to each other, and that's where I caught all the great uh, local bands, uh, including Metallica's very first show at Radio City and uh, a bunch of other bands that would play a la carte, played Orange County all the time. This band, August Redmoon, that I, I loved and became really close with, and Dante Fox, who later became Great White, and a band from L.A. would come out, Snow and Smile. I saw the very first shows of Motley Crue and Rat, and <laughs> Sound Barrier, and so, um, you know, I started really getting into the local scene. Um but yeah, my you know I have an older brother and he and he was more into the classic rock at the time, the Who, uh, Rolling Stones, uh, that kind of stuff. And I always had to one up on um, being into heavier stuff, you know. So, uh, uh, but um, you know, my first show I saw when I was 15, I once saw ACDC at the Long Beach Arena on the Highway to Hell tour, which was just amazing. It was uh, shortly uh, before uh, Bon had passed away, so that was just a. Uh, a great experience to see ACTC live with Bob Scott. So I uh, went to, uh, you know, I, I was fortunate to be in, in, in the L.A. area, Orange County. I saw so many great shows at the Long Beach Arena. I'm sure you've heard of that place, you know. Jim oh, yeah. Reese on the British Steel Tour and pretty much every tour after that. And uh, early, you know, the first Iron Maid tours when they first came out with uh, Paul Diano uh, <laughs> on the Killers Tour opening for UFO. I said UFO there several times. Rain 
rainbow on the down to earth tour and several tours out. So that's that's kind of when I started going to the the concerts when I was you know fifteen, sixteen. And I usually went with my, my my older cousin because you know my my parents trusted me to go with him. So um, so yeah, I did catch a lot of great shows uh, in L.A. And of course the local scene was just booming. You know, like I said, I saw you know the first shows of. Uh, you know, uh, bands like Metallica to Motley Crue to, uh, uh, I even saw U2 at the Woodstock, uh, believe it or not, uh, you know, on their very first show uh, in front of a handful of people. So, yeah, um, a lot of great shows at the time. Wow. So, um, you know, as you as you became an adult and you saw a lot of these things happening locally, I mean, you had your access uh, to all this uh, material and musicians and professionals uh, in this genre. Uh, so before you, I guess, before you became an adult, but when you became a fan, like say eight, when you were eight, around that age, what was the most important lesson you learned um, in that time frame? Um, you mean regarding music or? Anything. could be anything. Uh, man, you know, when, when you're that young, you don't really uh, uh, think about uh, stuff. I mean, I just remember back then everything was just so so cool i mean just going to a record store and and you know i mean when when i was in my early teens i used to basically there was record stores or you know right down the street i'd ride my bike there and just hang out there all day and that was really what was the important thing you know you went to school and uh uh, music was my my big passion, you know, just listening to music. I mean, I remember buying a record, a Sabbath record or whatever, and, you know, the next day at school, I just would, just couldn't wait to get home to, just so I could go home and plug it into my earphones and listen to it, you know, all day. So that was a, a big thing. Um, as far as lessons, um, you know, I God, I don't even recall if, if I knew of any lessons, and it was just to have a good time and to, you know, uh, you know, do the typical stuff you did as a kid. You know, I played sports and and all that kind of stuff. But music was always a big, big thing with me. I never played an instrument really, um, but just uh, loved, uh, you know, hard rock and, and metal music. Yeah. Okay. Very good. So the next section we call uh, retelling the Headbanger story. So at age eighteen, you started the Headbanger, and who was covered in your first? Um, release of, of that magazine or music scene? Uh, Metallica was covered in there. That was one of the very first uh, articles ever on Metallica when they just first joined uh, around this around the time the Metal Massacre record came out. I actually uh, did an article of the uh, 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 L.A. metal scene with my friend Pat Scott for a, a magazine called Metal Mania which is a good friend of mine, Ron Quintana, who really inspired me to get, do the Headbanger. And uh, in that uh, L.A. Metal report, we featured Metallica, and I believe that was considered the first uh, article ever of Metallica. And then, uh, you know, shortly after, I started my own fancy. And, yeah, the first issue had Metallica. I had girls' school on the cover. I remember that. I had an album of Rainbow, uh, album review of... Number of the Beast, uh, one of the Rainbow albums. I think the uh, first one with Joe Turner, What was it? Straight Between the Eyes. Um, who else was in? Oh, Dante Fox and Rat and Steeler. I think uh, local reviews. Uh, you could actually get that one online. 
I've got the first couple issues online on Amazon and iTunes. Uh, awesome. I did Headbanger that you could check it out as an ebook. Okay, very good. So, uh, what did your friends think of the Headbanger? So, I'm sure they were all excited about it, right? So, uh, what was their overall impression, other than you being the connection to many of these soon-to-be famous bands? Yeah, it was kind of cool. It was, you know, because I was so young. I started it when I was 18, and back then it was just out of a passion. I didn't look at it as a business angle. It was just kind of for fun. But then I kind of saw that, you know, uh, you know, I was getting free stuff from all the labels. They wanted to send me their stuff. They were giving me tickets to a lot of the concerts and stuff that were going on and, uh, you know, getting access to do interviews. My first interview I did, uh, you know, I was... Uh, with a major interview was with Ronnie James Dio, and that just blew me away because, you know, he was my idol. And it was when the Dio album had just uh, hit the stores, and he invited me out to his house in Tarzana. And so, uh, you know, I was hanging out with all these, these people and the, the local bands and, and stuff like that. I, you know, uh, came real close with the band Armored Saint. And uh, so it was really cool to hang out with these people. So a lot of my friends wanted to hang out with me because I would hang out, you know, get free tickets. And so it was it was kind of cool. They they all liked it. I mean, I, I had a, a large kind of group of friends. Not all of them were into hard rock and metal, so a lot of them didn't really, uh, uh, you know, know or care. I mean, I, I grew up in, you know, Huntington Beach, which was a big punk rock mecca. So a lot of my friends, it was kind of funny. They were all, all into punk, and I would take them to go see uh, Metallica and, Slayer at their early club shows at Concert Factory in the Woodstock, and and they would take me to go see you know the Dickies and uh, the Vandals and and whoever else were playing kind of thing. So uh, although I never was really that big at the punk, we would you know we we would hang out a, a lot, and so they're kind of crossed in that, in that sense. But um, yeah, that that was pretty much uh, pretty much it. Okay. Now, um, from what you recall, you you listed several big bands or musicians or vocalists. So back then, what was the biggest cover story you did, or who was it? In, in the Headbanger? Yes. Uh, probably the Ronnie James Dio. Um, you know, uh, later I would feature, uh, you know, band, it, it, I did a big L.A. metal report that uh, had, you know, everyone from Slayer to... Uh, I think Rat was in it, uh, uh, Sound Barrier, Black and Blue, Bitch, Hellion, Warlord. Um, I, I did a big up uh, Megadeth. I did the first uh, interview uh, ever with, with Megadeth. Um, so, I mean, there there were a lot of bands that weren't big at the time that obviously became huge. But at the time, I think uh, uh, Ronnie James Dio was, was the biggest artist. Um, you know, we had to, Bruce Dickinson, actually a friend of mine, uh, Shelly Hammer, interviewed Bruce Dickinson, and uh, Scorpions was another cover of, of Headbanger, a feature interview that she had done. So, uh, but me, myself, I think with the Headbanger at, the, at that time, it was uh, Ronnie James Dio. Okay, very cool. So, our next section is called Have You Ever? So, several Have You Ever questions, and then they're pretty much simple yes or no. So, um, have you ever been a tour manager? No. Okay. Have you ever produced or engineered or mastered an album? I kind of assisted, but no, never. Never got the credits, no. Okay. Have you ever had your eardrums blown out at a concert? And if so, which one? <laughs> well, it depends upon blown out. Um, 
I uh, probably the, the loudest I remember was uh, Motorhead at the Hollywood Palladium, uh, and Crocus and the Canadian band Fist opened, and that was at the time pretty damn loud concert. Okay, very good. Uh, so next section is association. So your name is all over the internet. So um, where can people listen and watch and read about you uh, online? Um, well, as uh, far as the movie, uh, you can go to metalrockfilms.com, and that'll tell you about the Inside Metal movie series. Um, hardradio.com, I do the Shockwaves Hard Radio podcast. Um, then, uh, you know, I haven't done the, Sh- the Skull Sessions podcast in, in years, as you know. But if you go mm-hmm. online and Google my name, you could just find different, I mean, there's so many different links to stuff. Uh, I've done our articles or, or whatnot. I, I mean, but the, those are the main sites that actually, officially, I've I've done stuff with. <laughs> okay. And so, how did you come into association with Roadrunner Records? I used to work for the label uh, back in the early '90s. Um, I ran their LA office in '91, '92. Um, I knew Monty from. Way back, uh, we were tape traders. I think, uh, uh, you know, he was at a, I was doing Headbanger, and he was at uh, one of the stations, uh, college stations in New York. This is just prior to Roadrunner. And I remember when the label formed, um, uh, it, it, it was, a, a, you know, a, a Dutch label, uh, basically, and they re, they licensed a lot of stuff from Metallica to to uh, whatever overseas, and then they formed their LA office. I believe Steve Ricardo uh, was one of the first to to run the LA office, and uh, uh, then when Monty came into the picture, that's when you know uh, I think uh, I think one of the first bands he signed was Annihilator, and uh, all these other bands, King Diamond and, and whatnot, and that's when the label really started to take off. And so in '91, they were looking to expand and, and have a West Coast representative, and uh, I met with. Uh, Case Wessels in L.A., and uh, we got along great. Then he flew me out to New York. I met the people there, and they uh, hired me on. And that was kind of overwhelming for me because I never really worked uh, at a label. I had just done, you know, a fancy thing and stuff like that. And uh, I had just moved to Hollywood at the time from Orange County. And so, uh, you know, and I was basically doing everything from retail to, uh, you know, uh, publicity to uh, radio, and so that uh, was kind of new to me. And uh, at the time, the label did a lot of death metal uh, bands, uh, like uh, uh, a lot of the Florida death metal bands, Obituary, Deicide, uh, Sepultura was one of their big bands at the time. I remember when Typo Negative, uh, they just signed them, and their first album came out. So it was a pretty exciting time. There's a fantastic band called Last Crack. I don't know if you remember that. They're from Madison, Wisconsin. They put out, uh, it was actually their second record, Burning Time, which which I uh, had the uh, pleasure to, to work, which, which I thought they, I thought that was, was amazing. Uh, so there are some really, really good bands uh, at that time. Uh, uh, Arise had just come out with Sepultura, and that was really a big thing. So, you know, I kind of built a presence for the label uh, in the L.A. area, and uh, uh, so I, I, I mean, to answer your question, this long-winded answer, yeah, I, I, that's, that's how I got associated with Roadrunner from. Okay, you know. very good. Hey, I, I don't mind long-winded <laughs> answers for good content. Uh, so the next section is bands. 
Um, so what are your thoughts uh, on what I would consider the monstrous, monstrous Polish death metal thing that's been around or since that's been brimming since the early 2000s? The only band I'm really familiar with, um, and that is, is Decapitated, who I like. And I'm not really that big on the death metal stuff, but actually Marty Friedman turned me out to them because he's, he's a big fan of that, of theirs. And, and uh, musically, musicianship, they're, they're, they're uh, amazing. And I knew Florida had a big metal scene from the beginning when I was doing Headbanger. And I was, uh, you know, reaching out to pen pals and stuff. And I was getting tons of letters from uh, Poland. And, uh, you know, even the bands I managed early on, uh, uh, Eden, who beforehand did was, was the guys from August Red Moon and, they did a, a, a demo called a Terracuda, they called themselves for a bit, and we were getting tons of letters from, you know, all over uh, uh, Europe, uh, but particularly uh, in Eastern Europe, Poland, as well as tons of letters from Holland and Belgium and Germany and, you know, Sweden and whatnot, and all the fan scenes, and they had a lot of the little fan scenes and little uh, uh, radio stations that they would always send their playlists for, and, you know, they couldn't really get the records in there in, in Poland, um, but they, there was always a big metal, uh, you know, metal scene out there. I, I was always aware of it, and I was aware of how bands like Man of War and stuff like that would come over and just be, you know, uh, monstrous. So I don't know too much about the uh, black metal or death metal scene, uh, especially in Poland. The only band I really am familiar with is Decapitated. Yeah, well, that, they are one of the, uh, I would say, predominant forces in the death metal scene from Poland, so uh, that was a very good answer. So uh, what uh, was your most embarrassing moment interviewing the band? Any um, band? Ooh, let me think. Um, you know, there were some interviews I wasn't real prepared for, Um I remember interviewing, I, I wrote for my, my good friend John Stranansky, Metal Rendezvous, after I, I stopped doing Headbanger. And uh, I remember doing an interview with Lita Ford. That just didn't go very well. She wasn't really in, in a talkative mood, and she seemed like she was really hungover or something. And we went to the publicist's office, and it was just kind of awkward because I could tell she just didn't want to be interviewed and um you know so it was you know there's interviews like that that are kind of difficult um none of them you know the the bands our artists have never walked out uh, on an interview or anything that bad um but there were interviews where either either i was less prepared to to do or the artist just wasn't in the mood or, or there was just there was a, kind of a weird vibe but i've been lucky actually i've, I've talked to other people that are the told me about these disastrous interviews but um, for the most part I, I, I think they appreciate me because I, I am a fan first I'm not going to ask the stupid questions from a you know Barbara Walters point of view you know uh, so they know that uh, usually the bands that, that I do interview I, I know quite a bit about them and, and whatnot. so okay very cool uh, so I've got the last uh, three questions so uh, other than music, what is your what other things drive you, or what are your other passions? Um, you know, growing up, I, I was uh, into into sports quite a bit. Not so much anymore. I do love uh, you know uh, outdoor activities, um, hiking, and and uh, you know uh, I, 
I lived up in Northern California. We'd go out on the, uh, my buddy had a boat on the lake and that kind of stuff. I love that kind of stuff. Uh, so I try to get out as much going in Huntington Beach, you know, the beach environment, you know, I, uh, that was a big thing for me back then. And, um, but, um, yeah, music and, and, and outdoor sports and, uh, uh, you know, not so much into, to, you know, movies. I, I like a lot of, uh, you know, uh, uh, classic movies, not so much of the movies today. I don't watch TV, uh, uh, today, uh, so not not really a whole lot of stuff uh, in this current uh, uh, age that really um, uh, turns me on. Even a lot of the music out there, I don't really I get turned on. Those are mostly, uh, um, you know, music and stuff from back in the day that uh, uh, I do. But uh, yeah, as far, I mean, as far as other uh, activities, um, you know, I like to keep fit and do uh, you know active stuff. So, uh, yeah, that's about it. Very good. Last two questions, uh, actually two and one. So what advice would you give to aspiring bands wanting to succeed or make it in the scene or music industry? And then what advice would you give to aspiring journalists doing the same? Well, as far as bands, uh, as, as you know, uh, Ed, uh, it's a whole different uh, world out there as far as the music business goes and the way uh, to develop a new artist and, and so forth. So I'm kind of foreign to that now. I think even a lot of the labels and, and people, they don't really know what to do. I mean, the best way is just to get your your brand out there, your name out there, and, and through the social media networks, you know, you, you've got a, a way of doing it for free where you don't really need uh, a label support or a publicist or whatnot. You could do a lot of that yourself. So I would say do as much uh, of it yourself as possible uh, and you know make sure it's good if you're going to put something out there I mean make sure you go I mean nowadays you have the opportunity to record at home to spend time on stuff and you know if you're going to put something out there make sure it's something not only that you're happy with but you know it is good production wise and everything else because that's going to be your could be your only uh, you know uh, uh, you know people, people might Take that first impression, and, and after that, you know, it's, they won't give you a second chance. So make sure whatever you put out there first is, is really good. And uh, practice and go out and play. Go the following. You know, I know it's kind of the old school method, but I still stand behind that. You know, go out and perform live and, and build a, a, a big fan base, you know. Because uh, if, if you sound great on, on uh, you know, uh, recording-wise, anyone can sound good recording-wise nowadays. And if they see you live, it sucks. You're, you're done. So, you know, make sure you got your chops up and, you know, you have a good show and, and whatnot. As far as journalists, um, you know, there's so many blogs out there. There's so many opportunities to write, you know, to do podcasts now, to do all that. Uh, have something you're interested in and be informed about what, what you're talking about, you know. And uh, uh, I would get, get your work out there any way you can just to be seen. Um, there's uh, an influx of stuff coming out with all the blogs and all, so it's hard to get noticed, but I think if you uh, just keep continue writing stuff and getting your name out there, uh, all it takes is one article or one special thing for people to take notice of, and, uh, you know, uh, so, yeah, that, that's my advice anyway. Okay, awesome. I want to thank you very much for your time, Bob. I really appreciate it.